Lillard, long range three, and it's good! At the buzzer, Damian Lillard, are you kidding me? Hello Blazers fans, you are listening to Rose City Colored Glasses, a Portland Trail Blazers podcast. I am Will and with me as always is my good friend Seth. How are you doing tonight, Seth? Hello, I'm doing well. How are, are, are you doing well? I'm doing all right. Went for a nice I, little run. Feeling, yeah. feeling good. Feeling, feeling, feeling the motion, you know. Getting nice. the running back in. I'm proud of you. Um, I'm toasting you with my whiskey right now um i did not get any exercise in today because i actually did a job today which was very weird since the pandemic started and i forgot that working makes you tired it really does surprising isn't it it's shocking uh you volunteered earlier this week i don't know if you want to talk about this on the pod i mean Uh, I, I, I can. I just volunteered at a food bank for a few hours and uh, got to awesome. say, it feels good to, because I mean, uh, to behind the curtain here, uh, listener, um, I haven't had like a real job. I mean, I have a real job. I have kids, but like I haven't had a, a job job uh, in many years. And so the easy competence of just doing something like a menial task is was very rewarding and to know that i was doing it for a good cause was also good so i don't know i'll probably keep doing that because i mean not just because it's needed help for the community or whatever but also like uh yeah so it's a it's a good feeling to go oh yeah i am good at things uh no matter what my children say i am good uh yeah, I, I have a similar one, although I was uh, getting paid for my work and uh, I'm doing contract massage work right now. And again, peek behind the curtain uh, for everyone. And we'll talk about our personal lives a little bit on here. And uh, I haven't really been working since the pandemic started. And I worked at this place as on a contract for one day and I got feedback yesterday that they really liked me. So I went and worked for him again. And I got a patient today that was like, I hear you're awesome. And I'm like, oh, thank you. Uh, Oh, a compliment. I don't know how to deal with this. Well, it's one of those where uh, it's taken me a long time to be able to, uh, I don't know, admit or take the uh, compliments people give me because I'm, you know, Based on everyone's feedback that I get, I'm pretty good at this whole massage thing. Um, and it's just, you know, I play it down, but I guess it's a big deal. Um, I guess I do things other people can't, so yay me. And yeah, it feels good to, you know, be good at something. That's, but, that's right. And, you know, it's, it's, but it's always, you know, I don't know about you, but for me, it's always that uh, cockiness versus confidence thing. And I tend to lean against, away from cockiness to the point of of like probably undermining my own confidence the confidence like when someone gives me a compliment i'm like oh well you know it's uh just you know just just got lucky i guess like you know yeah mine was when they said that today and i was like oh that's no pressure i better not screw this up and as opposed to going well that's very you know (laughs) how do i kick my own ass since you said something nice about me i can't just take it i can't just leave it like that well and you know (laughs) my own personality of you know always having to kind of be like a you know let me throw a joke in there ah finger guns uh i suppose one of the the things like oh that's very nice i'm so glad that you know uh you heard good things about me or something i don't know uh, I don't know how to be gracious. I only know how to be self-deprecating or a dick. There's no middle ground. Yeah, I mean, again, we need to be more like Dame and just uh, sink, sink it from the logo and just nod and uh, walk away. Just wave. Wave goodbye. That, Bye-bye. That there, ladies and gentlemen, is why Will will become a professional podcaster one day. That was a, that was a pro transition there to our first topic. 
It's like, oh yeah, we're getting off the rails and trying to steer this thing back on. Uh, uh, yeah. We could have just stopped and started somewhere else, but yeah. Again, speaking of hitting stuff from the logo, uh, yeah, I guess yeah. Dame and Steph seem to be uh, like practicing hitting shots from further and further away. I saw the video of Dame just draining them from half court. <laughs> He's he's been shooting them from the logo, but this is from the logo at your like high school now, where the logo is just the center court. Yeah, uh, it's pretty impressive. Well, and then uh, he and Steph, uh, Steph Curry. I mean, I assume everybody who, every one person that listens to this podcast uh, would know who that is. But they had a little Twitter back and forth where. Steph said something to Dame, I guess, about, you know, jacking one up from half court. And Dame's like, dude, I'll do it if you do it. Like, opening night, let's do it. And uh, I thought it was really sweet. Um, and, you know, you have two of – all right, Steph Curry, probably the greatest shooter we've ever seen in NBA history. And I don't know if we're going to see his like in quite some time. Uh, Dame is no slouch either. Um when it comes to being shooter is and when it comes to active in the NBA now, he's gotta be top seven. Yeah. Well, they, they're just the, they're the, the two guys in the league who will shoot from, from not just beyond the three point arc, but from considerably behind it. Uh, I know Trey young has been doing a little bit of it. A lot of players are adding it to their repertoire, but yeah, Trey young and Harden, like for all of his faults, he can bury a deep shot. Yeah. Although he's, he's the guy who like takes it like no more than a millimeter. Like he's, he's like doing the math uh, on, on that somehow. Like he takes it like right there at the line pretty much all the time, but oh yeah, Dave and Steph are, are doing, are doing some like crazy, uh, some crazy voodoo back there. Like they do, they, they're, taking shots from all over the place and uh, you know, the rest of the league is following, but you can't leave either of them alone as soon as they get across half court. And now that might be too late too. Yeah. Uh, the fact that like, Oh, they can score themselves in the first six seconds of the shot clock. Like is just funny nowadays. Like, like while the, while the referee is behind them still like counting with his, his hand behind him and just like, well, you don't need to worry about that. He can shoot it before he crosses half court. Yeah. It's like, Oh, that, that's all I have to do. Okay. Um, it's a, it's a cool thing to add. Um, we didn't write this down about what we were going to talk about, but it was something that we were going to talk about. And that was, uh, how basketball is broken and what we do to fix it. And I think that that would be a, this would be a good time to talk about that. All right. Uh, I I'm into it. You, you want to do maybe two each or something just to like. Uh, so let's, you know, kind of set the premise of as much as we love basketball, the game has been broken. Yeah. And this is not coming from any place of old school like it should just be two-point shots no matter what it doesn't matter where you shoot from it's uh look the game is broken when there is a credible threat that this player is going to sink it from full court like a credible threat that that could happen um and also everybody can reach up and dunk without jumping pretty much (laughs) nba um so, and then the other part that makes the game broken is the fact that certain shots are worth more than other shots. Because going back to the James Harden millimeter thing, if he was an inch over that, guess what? A shot's worth less than it was if he had taken it. Oh, yeah, like it's back, like so. it's like suddenly that same shot, basically the same difficulty because of, of an inch is worth, you know, six One and a half percent. times more. Yeah, 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 yeah whatever. Uh, How, yeah, it, however you want to use that metric. However. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if you remember it, but, you know, if we're going to show my age a little bit, back in the, in the, like, early 90s when Shaq was a pup, when Shaq was a pup, you know, I mean, he was he's older than I am, but, like, you know, 92, 93, somewhere when he was just – destroying like just killing backboards all over when the we place. were 10 and 11 oh, you know that was such i mean look it was it was a beautiful time penny hardaway was healthy oh it was a glorious glorious 
it, that was some fun basketball. But there oh, was yeah. a, there was this ad, and I, I haven't been able to find it. But it was like, uh, dad to dad, tell us about the days before Shaq, uh, before the moving backboards that were like fifteen feet off the ground, and like it like was like super industrial looking. And I feel like that was a joke then, but it's kind of true. Like, there's no. I mean, John Stockton was a great player, but like, there's no John Stockton's running around. Like, I don't know if Muggsy Bogues would be a viable NBA player in today's climate. He's not really big enough. Like, I just, I think about those things and and the, the, the athleticism, the scouting, the coaching, the training, all that stuff. So off the charts. And we're still playing on the same court uh, that like uh, a bunch of like, guys who play lacrosse now um played yeah. on in like the 50s and 60s and it seems like maybe it's time to update it so you know that's sort of where we're coming from here so i'll let you run point here seth what's your first thing to fix the game of basketball to fix the game of basketball uh so i am gonna harken back uh, uh we have a group chat with some other friends and we did this from a broader theme of rules we would add to sports and I'm going to stick with my number two pick from that draft. And it doesn't address the mechanical issues of basketball, but it definitely addresses some of my big problems with basketball. And that would be tiered leagues and promotion and relegation. All right. Uh, so for our non-European uh, football fans out there, uh most of the soccer leagues in Europe and probably throughout the world, if I'm being honest, uh, have their top league. So in England, they have the Premier League. That's their top league. And the league down below that is the Champions League. And then there are like two other leagues below that, I think. And in the EPL and Champions League, the top three teams in the Champions League at the end of a season replace the bottom three teams in the premier league that season and so you have the ability you know in theory if you got a team started in a you know basement seller league you could play your way up to the highest level uh has that ever happened not in modern history to my knowledge uh, but what that would do for basketball is that would take power away from the ncaa as I smack my table uh, and just like no NCAA power. Uh, Look, I'm all for college sports as long as it's not at the expense of kids. Like let's get them an education. Let's let them play basketball. Let's have fun. But if, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying not to sound like a privileged white guy when I say this. um, And it's a little too, uh, it's a little too Republican sounding for my, my taste, <laughs> but let's stop pretending that everybody should go to college. You know, should, well, everybody should have the opportunity to go to college. Like that's not what I'm saying. Everybody should have the opportunity to go to college. And if they want to have that be that, have that be the scholastic thing. Let's not have it be a minor league for the NBA or any other you yeah, know. I would I would say the same thing, but maybe in a little in couched in slightly different terms. That yeah, it's let's not let's not have uh, higher education be the feeder league to our professional sports leagues. That seems like a a really bad use of resources, and schools have to focus more on athletics and the marketing of that athletics for funding. Um, than they do on actually like academics, proving class sizes and stuff like yeah. that. So I'm, I mean, I'm pro free college, but I'm also pro like maybe, maybe we don't do sports in college because like, and the NCAA is like a terrible organization. Like they're, yeah. they're bad. Again, we've talked about it. I think even last time, like there's a few evil, our first podcast, but yeah, a few it's evil, number three, <laughs> like the, the big sports organizations are like, terribly evil things and the ncaa is up there with the ioc and fifa like i mean it's number three like number three and like boy 
I mean, those those top two are good. Those are hard to beat. Like, uh, look, those top like, two. I I don't know which ones one and two. I I wake up one morning and go FIFA, and I wake up the next morning and I go IOC, and I just I, I don't know which they, ones. They have different there. brands of evil, but you know it's bad when we're talking about NCAA being number three and being like, yeah. yeah, if only they cleaned up their act, they could be as good as the NFL. Yeah, when you are better. Or when you're not better than the NFL, the you know league that really protects wife beaters and murderers, uh, well, and billionaire owners, like be, oh, I mean, all these leagues do that. But wow, do they wow. really love their owners? Yes. Yeah. Well, they love their owners so much they wouldn't let a non-billionaire buy a team. Instead, he ran for president. Come on, dudes. <laughs> um, Promotion and relegation is mine too fix a ill of the game in general but doesn't fix it mechanically which i i have one that just takes care of that um but i want to hear yours and see because i know that we have a couple that we don't agree on but they're kind of of the same ilk my big one to fix basketball uh is to make corner threes either non-existent or farther away. Uh, I have a couple ways I would do this. I think I talked about him in that, that same thing we we're talking about. We talked with our friends, how we fix sports, but I'm okay. If we keep the court the same size and just have it like, you know, the corner, there's no three in the corner. Like the arc comes up like, you know, 10 it feet. Comes, or it just comes to the out of bounds line. And the, you know, if you shoot it from that corner, it's just going to be a two. Yeah, or whatever. Like, I think there's there's ways. Or I'm also okay with widening the court by by you know ten feet, and that's and then pushing back the 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 same arc because I I love I love guys can make the corner three. You got to have them on your team, but it's again maybe not the best for the sport to like that. Those are cheap points and because the difference is so big between two and three points like over the course of a, a game statistically i just think that um it's a little it's a little too easy to be taking that like you know that that short shot being worth three points is just a little bit too much and i would i would just do that and if you wind the court like that creates some more interesting things that would spread out stuff or not and yeah make it harder to make them that's that's my that's my number one Okay. Uh, that kind of takes away my other one because I was just going to say make the court bigger. Um, oh, yeah. Well, I, with, totally possible. Uh, well, no, but it, it, it's kind of in the same vein. Mm-hmm. So I can come up with another one. Uh, let's see. Um, I did make the joke of having basketball players not play in sneakers and having to play barefoot. Um but that was more of a joke than anything else. That's just, I, I think I mean, locker fun. rooms are bad enough, but can you imagine the, I mean, like athletes foot would be like, it would be some incredible stuff. Plantar warts, just every oh, NBA gross, players, gross. but just all of them. Uh, so um, I would, you know, I'll just raise the hoop. I'll just make the hoop. A foot or two taller. Foot or two. Yeah, I, I think we were the, like it's just go metric, baby. Yeah, make it Let's, three. Make it three meters long, tall. Yeah, because like uh, wait, no, that ends up being nine nine something because that's thirty nine inches and change. Yeah, thirty nine inches Dang and change. Three and a half meters is eleven point four feet. 11.5 feet almost sure like, let's go three and a half meters three and a half meters or 11 feet 12 feet like we're just yeah make it a little bit taller just I, a I just, little bit taller because i love dunks but like again it's it's like oh yeah but everybody can dunk except for steph and that was funny that he can't dunk oh well, he yeah, can but... dunk but what he misses is really funny yeah i also don't want him like Let's say this is I just don't like other people getting hurt. Uh, I don't want him jumping on those ankles too much and coming down from that height. Um, oh, amen. look, I just I, I feel bad for anybody that gets hurt that way. But OK, so, yeah, I just, you know, make the hoop higher. Uh, what's yours? Uh, your final one. 
I'd like I want to change the timeout system a little bit. Like I like the the pace of timeouts, but I think I, they, they kind of did some good stuff to like so you if you don't use them, you only have two in the last couple minutes or whatever whatever that rule is. Mm. But I just I feel like either there there needs to be more like plan stoppage, like TV timeouts or whatever, and just sometimes you get too many timeouts and too quick of time and like it's it's difficult as a, as a viewer to watch and mm. uh i don't know i just i i want to watch basketball rather than you know it's like sometimes it feels too football-y for me to be honest i think that's fair uh i don't think basketball can go the way of soccer and just have 40 you know uh 24 minutes of uninterrupted play just just hockey subs just, um, just, oh, just, that was, just, oh, that would be so cool. I almost want to change my answer, but I'm not going to. <laughs> having having just guys like ripping off their tearaways and like rolling over. Uh, yeah. Ro- like like jumping over a, a wall that we've somehow installed on the sidelines. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, that'd be great. And that, that goes to my bonus pick. I have a bonus pick, and that is that penalty boxes are a thing. And he can start hitting the guy again without fear of getting a fine. All right. I, but if penalty <laughs> boxes are a thing and you commit like a, say a flagrant two or something, uh, do, do you play a man down? I either play a man down or uh, you play a man down, but it's really more of like uh, there being an antidote for fake tough guys in the NBA. <laughs> That's really what it's for. Like nobody's gonna run their mouth if they're gonna get smacked. Like I, if they do it too much. All right, so I've got a T-shirt idea for for the podcast, uh, and it'll be it'll be in pink, but it'll say "No fake tough guys." Uh, I I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. So uh, there we go. We we fixed basketball. Um, speaking of basketball, there was a real Blazer game tonight. Uh, that I watched part of. That real should have been in quotations. Oh, it is in quotations. Sorry. Okay, good. <clears throat> real. Uh, they played basketball at Moda, and uh, the Blazers against the Kings got to see some of the guys. Uh, you know, for me, it was seeing the first time seeing them in Blazer uniform. Uh, I, the Blazers won. It doesn't matter. It's preseason. You know, this is the first time these guys have put on jerseys together and played against a like a hard scrabble group of dudes and sacramento's not going to be pretty this year i don't think no, 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 i mean uh you know there's there's uh buddy healed and darren fox are are both like super fun players i love watching them but they're not um just not great i just don't and i and they picked up white side right yeah they did they uh signed him to a one-year veterans minimum hey you know what he already got paid oh yeah and he is you know that's a that's actually not a bad price to pay for a dude who just sits in the middle and gets rebounds and you know gets plenty of put but he, he pads a stat sheet pads a stat sheet doesn't help you win games that well um yeah, you, know, you don't want him in the last five minutes of a game but you know they've got you know, they've got other options for that and, you know it's He's going to score them points and he's going to suck up tons of minutes. Yeah. Uh, and that I think is really what they need from a center position. Right. You know, Cause that, you know, they've got, you know, they kind of like it's very similar to the Blazers. Like their two most talented guys are in the backcourt and, you know, yeah, just roll with it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, uh, but you got to see a couple of our guys. Uh, you were, uh, I didn't get to watch this cause I don't have NBA uh, all access and, I'm in Portland, so it would black out the game anyways. Yeah, you kind of need to have cable. And, like, even in Seattle, I'm watching it on NBC Sports Northwest, which I'm sure for Seattle, regular Seattle sports fans, is, like, a real drag to, like, have this network. But I love it because it just means my basic cable comes with uh, uh, Blazers, you know. But uh, yeah. So, yeah, I got to see uh, Derek Jones Jr. for the first time in a Blazers uniform, Uh Covington for the first time in a Blazers uniform and uh, and uh, Giles uh, for the first time in a Blazers uniform. Oh, also um, Ellaby as well. Uh, I was like, who's the 
who's the dude with the fro? Who's the ah. the the light skinned man over there with the fro? Like, oh yeah, that's the Ellaby, and he's he's raw and fun and. Uh, I mean, we drafted him what forty six. Yeah, I mean, he something. played a lot tonight because like uh, he's pretty yeah. obvious when he's on the court because he's like you know six six or whatever, but he's six ten with the hair. Yeah, uh, uh, and, and raw, but hey, raw. oh yeah, he 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 fouled somebody behind the three point line. You know, just real, real good. Uh, yeah, shoot, you know, fouling the three point shooters always, you know, maybe not the best thing to do, but uh, you know. Uh, Everybody looked good. Uh, Giles moves really well. I had really hadn't watched him play before. Um, I know he's definitely an injury risk, but fun player to watch. Uh, obviously, Jones is incredible. Uh, Jones Jr. is incredible. And uh, Covington's just a, a pleasure to watch work. So I like it. I like watching these guys. It's fun to see Dame out there and CJ. Mello was taking a bunch of shots and just making <laughs> – He's you just, mentioned that Mello was just going, "Hey kids, by the way, this is how you shoot a basketball." <laughs> he, like, he's definitely the 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 pickup keg. Like this, these sorts of games, like he could just, it just he just has a blast because nobody's ready to play real defense, and if you're not ready to play real defense, like Mello's gonna have a good day. Because he doesn't oh, yeah. play real defense, and so so he's not expected to try hard on the other side, and he gets to do his like little jab step and just take his shots from all over the place. So yeah. I don't know. It was it was fun to watch the Blazers play. Um, you know, I, I'm not not really going to take it any of it to the bank as far as uh, performances, but again, it's fun fun to watch the Blazers play again. Though, gotta say. Well, I, I am intrigued about uh, Giles. Uh, you and I talked about him a little bit before we started tonight. And uh, hey, I, I, it doesn't mean much that you were the you know highest you know touted high school prospect, um, but you know it says something that you were you know fairly popular that way, and you had a pretty high draft. You're picked pretty high in the draft by the Kings, and then. Despite well, being injured in college, yeah, yeah, and you know your knees kind of suck, uh, but hey, you know we've dealt with this before in worse situations. So, if the kid gets to play 18, 20 minutes a night and he contributes and it doesn't cause issue to his knees, hey, I'm excited for it. That's great. And oh, wow, yeah, I mean, if if he looks good in those twenty minutes, like if he gets to the point where he's playing twenty minutes, things are either going really well for him and the blazers yeah or really badly for the blazers bad for the blazers (laughs) so Uh, yeah he's because i did you know i haven't seen these guys before the tv was pretty far away so i wasn't able to read the back of the jerseys i i thought you know i was like oh who's that guy because he moves very smoothly uh and, and again i watched we have nurk i've watched Whiteside. Uh, I've watched a Plumley. I watched. Uh, I've watched Robert Greg. Lopez. I watched Rolo. I watched Greg Odin. I have watched some lumbering centers. Yeah, lateral movement is not part of the 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 tool set. So it's like, oh, Ooh. who's this tall guy who's fast? I don't. What's going on here? Uh, so and, and, and see that, and also with with uh, Covington and. And uh, and Derek Jones Jr. too is like, oh, we have big guys that are fast. What's that like? (laughs) I it's uh, we've been the Blazers have been doing or winning drag races for the last couple of years with a car with a really good engine and transmission and tires that we found on the side of the road. Yeah, they're the Blazers. Uh, you know, not to use a fantasy sports analogy, but they kind of remind me of the, the guys that like like fill the utility spot with like they're filling it with guards and centers and just like like avoiding uh, any small forwards at all. They're just like putting whoever there that like has the eligibility. Like yeah, like really like oh, do we have to draft a small forward? Oh, there's nobody around this. It'd be reaching. All right, we'll just punt it. And we'll just get more guards and centers until uh, until we're in good shape. So until the end of time. Yeah. But um, anyways, nice to watch the Blazers play. Uh, yeah. Also, now that J 
teams are playing games. That means it's media media times, and that means the circus is here. And if there's a circus, there's a Kyrie Irving. Oh uh, God, Kyrie Irving, uh, and he he didn't want to talk in the uh, in the the post game, and uh, he he says, "I do not talk to pawns. My attention is worth more." Uh, let's see, you said, I'm here for peace, love, and greatness. So stop distracting me and my team and appreciate the art. And he capitalized the A. We move different over here. Uh, I mean, and don't get me wrong. Kyrie gives a lot of money to charity. Like, he really does. He's a He does some good stuff. Uh, and he did say, I hope we use the fine money for marginalized communities in need. Uh, Which, but- by the way, they do. All fine money... Uh- the NBA levies against teams and players goes to charity organizations picked by the NBA Players Association. And Kyrie's in the leadership of that, if I'm not mistaken, right? So he's like, I hope we utilize the fine money for that. It's like, oh, you know, like you vote on where it goes. Yeah. Like, so I think he is the treasurer of the. I mean, there's a very likely. I, I no, don't maybe know. he's not. I, he's like vice president because Tolliver was the treasurer forever, which is just oh, yeah. that's totally what you would give Anthony Tolliver the job to do. Yeah. Uh, but so you know, it's some of it's Kyrie being Kyrie. Just uh, I don't know, and and the 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 collective NBA commentariat or whatever, like they got. Uh, their collective underwear in a bunch over this. And look, it's irritating. Yes, Kyrie's silly and he does get paid to do this. But like the self-importance that you get out of the media class is sometimes like pretty, like pretty on the nose. It's like, you guys are just making Kyrie sound right. Uh, he is not right. And you're making him sound right. Stop it. Yeah. Um I wasn't paying too much attention to the media backlash. Like I'm just not going to listen to guys who, like you said, make Kyrie sound like he was right. I did read a puff piece by uh, blazersjournalism.com, also known as NBC Sports Northwest. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you mean you mean the uh, the network that's run by the team? Yeah, and yeah. the team um, hires all the all the journalists and commentators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's... P- if felt... PR the the journalism site. If I felt sports journalism was more important, and this is talking as somebody who's a pretty large consumer of sports journalism, I might have a problem with the Blazers essentially owning all the like essentially making it so it'd be really hard to write something unflattering about them and have quotes and access to back that up right now it's just john canzano flapping his gums about you know what he thinks the blazers should do but i'm pretty sure nobody in the blazers front office has talked to that guy since kevin pritchard left or something but anyways uh my problem uh, to bring it back to my thing, it's just like I read Kyrie's thing and I didn't disagree with, you know, the, hey, this is my job and even the art part of it. Like, I didn't disagree with that, but he sounded like every douchebag hipster musician or movie director of the last 20 years um, who think more of their think they're more important than they really are um i'm thinking of you know the one that really comes to mind is troy duffy the guy that directed boondock saints there's a entire documentary called overnight about that like this is the level of this guy's hubris and this sounds like the level of Kyrie's. uh he sold his script to miramax harvey weinstein douchebag extraordinaire um and he was so sure that he was the next Tarantino that he had his buddy's film crew follow him around to document his rise. And uh, Troy Duffy got a little too big for his britches. And Harvey Weinstein essentially 
ended him to the point where he barely got the movie made and then sold the rights to it and didn't see any of the money that it uh, garnered after it became a cult, like a cult following movie. Uh, Which, so look, let's be clear. Harvey Weinstein, Weinstein is the bad guy, not only in general, but in this story, like that's oh, yeah. an abuse of power and real douchebaggery, but also uh, don't be an asshole. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, is it not hard? I guess. I don't know. Uh, I don't necessarily think it's hard to, you know, be decent. Um, I don't think it's hard to be good at something and not be a dick about it. And yeah, look, Kyrie, you are paid to talk to the media, man. And I'm sorry that you feel that they don't portray you in a good light, but hey, maybe you shouldn't think the earth is flat. So yeah, I don't have a ton of sympathy for Kyrie. I, I really don't. I it just, I, I've never thought he was that great. Uh, th- there was a point where I put him above Dame as a point guard, probably in Dame's third or fourth season. Dame's higher now. Uh, and I'm not saying Kyrie's a bad point guard, but he's not the elite. Um, so yeah. So the best take, the best take I've heard on all this stuff is that he is, uh, he is going to absorb all of the possible negative attention that Kevin Durant might receive. And that's his job that he's the fall guy for, for all the, like the weird stuff that could potentially hit Durant. Now, look, that's a big brain take, and I don't know if it's right, but it's hilarious to think that, like, Kyrie's just going to, like, like put himself out there and just, like, fall on his sword for his buddy KD uh, so that KD can just operate and be good at basketball, which he really is. He's one of the best people at basketball, and I hope he's awesome this year. Yeah, uh, no, no question. Uh, it takes like that – I they don't enrage me or anything, but I feel like those are the same kind of people that thought the Trump campaign was playing three dimensional political chess. Uh, where it's just like, Oh, they're, they're just, they're galaxy braining this entire thing. They got oh, this. I, what's I, the, if the third, if the third dimension is just like, whatever racism or like people who like authoritarians, like, eh? But they're not playing seven-dimensional chess. That's for sure. Yeah, and I I don't think that, like, maybe I lack imagination in the whole thing of, like, dude, it's not that hard to be decent to people. In fact, it's easier to be decent to people than it is to be a dick. Um, I, I, I just, I don't, like, you have to work at being an asshole sometimes. Uh, at least I do, if I'm allowed a moment of, humble brag is that still a thing i don't know um but uh yeah Kyrie's thing like texted you about it and was like you want to talk about this and it's just like i I, i'm done like Kyrie, you're just yeah you, you you tick all the boxes of personality traits that i don't particularly enjoy in my entertainers and artists there's, there's gotta be uh, uh, the famous Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man meme of like Kyrie Irving and like a dude at a Brooklyn coffee shop, uh, like like mansplaining to somebody something like there's because you know like you were saying he's got that hipster uh, petulant entitled thing uh, and I have trouble calling black people titled because usually it's not the case but uh you know he's got yeah. that like he's got that like that thing about him where like he kind of just you know whatever he's he's i don't really care at the end of the day like he's gonna play basketball and this this circus is just part of a it's not i don't think it's an intentional branding exercise but it adds to Kyrie irving the brand and that brand is now like flat earth guy who's like not good with the media and I don't know. I don't know why you'd want that to be your brand, but uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but no, I get it. That's I why it. I think it's it's like it's like that's the only thing that makes me think that it's like sincere. Is he really does seem like he's like 
you know, he's he believes some of his own hype, and I think that's kind of always been his problem. Well, and I mean, he like, I don't know, like, it's one of those he and LeBron didn't get along, you know, and I'm not saying that LeBron's easy to get along with or anything like that, but he wouldn't cede to LeBron and I don't know how I feel about that. It's it's like, dude, no, he's clearly the better player than you. Give him the ball, let people triple team him, and then he'll get you the ball and you get to do your thing. And guess what? You win championships. Yeah, but at the same time, like if we were talking about Russ, like one of the things that makes Russell Westbrook like a compelling basketball player is that he he is literally unable to imagine someone being better than him even if they are uh and that makes him like again irritating to play against but one of the most fun people to watch in sports because like russ is just like he's gonna take up he's gonna shoot 25 percent from three and take like a ton of shots because like he's like other people do this and i'm better than that so i i that's almost where it comes back to charming for me because it's like you know you get you get to this level by believing you're the best that ever was and now it backfires at some point because at some point you're not but i think it's you know that's what makes russell westbrook fun i don't know why Kyrie's not fun well i think uh hmm, that's a good question um I I'll, the only thing I'd push back on in regards to that is, yeah, as long as that person is only playing basketball, it's like that self-destructive. I'm the best there ever was. It's like, look, worst case scenario, a billionaire loses a few million dollars that year because the team didn't make it to the playoffs. Like, I'm not gonna cry about that. So it's like. It, in the scheme of the world, it's pretty low stakes. Right. You know, like nobody's going to die because Russell Westbrook took these 25 shots and thinks he's the best player in the world. Now, if he say he was a doctor who thought he was the best doc- like surgeon in the world, but really he was just a chiropractor, that would be a problem. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, if he <laughs> wanted to be president. That would be potentially a problem. You know, I, if just saying, if somebody was president and thought that they were the smartest guy in any room they walked into, even though they clearly weren't, that that could have consequences that would be potentially negative. Yeah. So I I was really uh, I'd mentioned politics like enough, and so I was really trying to stay away from it on that one. So thank you for doing that one. I appreciate it. You know, uh, look if if we're gonna, you know, whatever. Uh, Might as well hit the nail on the head. Don't dance around it. Come on. I mean, if we can't make fun of that, if if somebody's listening to this podcast is like, oh my gosh, they don't like Mr. Trump. Like that, they are not going to like anything else we say. Oh no, no, Uh, no. no. I mean, I think we talked about socialized medicine before we even talked about not liking Trump, but that's going to go hand in hand. Um, Yeah, I think I've already called for free college on this podcast. Uh, uh, This episode, yeah, this episode, episode, yeah. Um, Oh, speaking of of things that the libs care about, uh, that uh, other political persuasions or the whatever political persuasion doesn't think exists, um, this uh, whole coronavirus thing does not go well, Enterprise. Um, it does not. It uh, does not. David Aldridge uh, penned a thing about maybe the NBA, you know, shouldn't uh, start the season right now. Uh, you you had that up, didn't you? Do you want to take? Yeah, I'll take. I'll talk about it a little bit. So this came out today on the Athletic. Uh, give credit where credit is due. Um, and the thing that really jumped out at me, and this was a quote from a team executive obviously unnamed source because nobody's going to attribute their name to this quote in march you and this is the uh, executive talking about the nba uh in march you took the lead in the sports world you said we're shutting down for everyone's safety it was serious then it's worse now and one the fact that there's you know I, I got to think that since David Aldridge is, you know, a pretty good elder statesman in the 
sports journalism realm, especially when it comes to basketball, that he wasn't getting that from the assistant to the head of accounting of the Dallas Mavericks. Um, I think it was probably a relatively high league executive uh, saying that. So that's uh, one. Let's commend that unnamed source for saying something that I never thought I would hear an executive say. Um, But it's bad. Like uh, I'm sure everybody by the time they've heard this has seen one or two memes that have said deadliest days in you know the U.S.'s history, and they put uh, that one hurricane up there. I can't remember which one it was. Uh, Pearl Harbor, 9/11, and then last Wednesday, last Tuesday, last Monday. Yeah, uh, uh, it it's not good. Um, and the the reality of playing a game in this. Uh, terrible situation is maybe not something we should do. Um, the NBA was incredibly successful in the bubble, but they were in a bubble. And you don't have to look too far to see all the problems that MLB had, all the problems the NFL is having, all the problems that NCAA is having. Um, I read this in the piece that NCAA uh, basketball they're essentially barnstorming. They go, oh, you got a te- enough people to field a team, we'll come play. Like, this is like 1930s Negro League baseball kind of stuff. Like, they're just barnstorming through wherever. And that's, uh, that's crazy. And yes, the NBA, and uh, Aldridge goes on the piece, the NBA has got a great protocol. NBA is like they're doing everything that you could possibly do right and it seems like all the players are buying in and they'll probably do this better than any of the other teams but they're still going to have problems and he did even mention that uh, hey a player for Portland tested positive uh, with COVID one of our players we don't know which one and I'm sure you know you if we re, if you rewatch the preseason game and see who's not suited up and who may not be there, you probably could narrow it down. Um, but uh, it's it's scary. Like maybe we wait. The vaccine just got approved. We're recording this on Friday evening. Pfizer vaccine just got approved. Granted, we don't have enough of it. Thank you, Donald Trump. Uh, and uh, you know we live in America, so we can get it to the athletes pretty quick. Uh, uh, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> they come right after the uh, the uh, people in nursing homes and the politicians get it first. Our politicians, yeah. most of which are the age older than people in nursing homes, but yes, uh, uh, but no, not doctors and frontline workers. No, 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 no. Uh, they get it I, about the same time as the NBA players. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and that's I guess that's where that's where I come on this is like yes, you're you're right. The NBA would be prudent to stop and not play but like it ain't happening no nothing else is stopping like yeah uh, like like the the, you know the the college football season the nfl unfortunately our response to the coronavirus pandemic in general has been just like well do your best not to get sick and keep going to work uh, you know, oh. and, and again, it's, I don't think it's any particular consolation to uh, a, a worker who's like has to go work at a grocery store at McDonald's or whatever to know that like these NBA players have to go to work too, but like everybody has to go to work right now. Like no. nobody, you know, so a lot of people working from home if they can, but you know, and it's not good that we're not being able to stay home, but nobody it doesn't seem to be on the table even uh culturally to to take a break uh they probably would have started the season earlier if they hadn't finished the season so late yeah uh i don't deny that and this goes off of basketball and definitely off of you know blazers fandom but my wife asked me 
uh, a hypothetical the other day. Um, and again, I'm, I took one epidemiology class. I have a passing interest in infectious disease just because of, you know, certain things that I want to do with my career and all that, but I am not an expert. Uh, so I'm just saying that right now. She said, what would have happened if we paid everyone like $4,000 a month to just stay home and they only could go to the store. Everybody's wearing a mask. How long would it have been before we got this under control? And I, you know, she was like, it would only taken a month. And I'm like, Oh, you, you trust people more than I do, honey. That's so sweet. Uh, but I think in three months, if we would have had something like that, uh, we probably wouldn't be having, you know, all of the issues that we're having now. And that's, uh, as you said, look, like, yeah, they probably should stop. They're not going to because nobody else is and the responses. And it's interesting that, and we don't have an answer. So I'm just kind of talking at this point. It's interesting that the is do your best not to get sick as opposed to, <laughs> you know, all right we're going to hit this. We're going to hit it hard. It's a sacrifice, but we're going to compensate you. And we're, you know, and for those of you who can't, you know, who we need for infrastructure, your, you know, doctors, your nurses, your grocery store people, you know, even gas station attendants, not that there's anything wrong with them, but you still got to put gas in your car. If you're driving to the store every once in a while, kind of thing. Right. Uh, it probably, like, it's interesting and it's probably just a societal thing that we didn't do the thing that was easy and simple as a put instead we ignored it and it got worse it kind of it makes me feel like america was looking at me in the mirror and i <laughs> you know since i am a terrible procrastinator and it's just what we did we're like ah, we'll take care of it at this point oh it'll be fine and we just procrastinated and I guess it's in our bones. I don't know. Um, yeah. The NBA probably shouldn't be playing right now. Are they going to? Yes. Are we still going to talk about basketball and watch it? Yeah. Um, Cause we're two friends who live in different cities and are massively underemployed. Uh, so. I, I mean, I, I, I can't not like basketball. Like, I, I mean, if there was like, uh, if if it was just basketball, I could take the moral high ground to be like, no, I'm not watching your sport. Uh, but everything else is going on. And so I'm not going to like rob myself of joy from some like completely useless uh, like boycott of a thing I love. Uh, that well, I, <coughs> yeah. That's the, you know, that's the capitalist, not yours, but the capitalist argument for changing things well don't give them your money and it's like you know it's not that simple it's really not that simple because if it was that simple we would have more than two political parties in this country um it's not that no it's not that simple there would be way more internet companies so we wouldn't have to deal with comcast oh my computer just went offline no (laughs) Uh, uh, but yeah it just w- there would be a lot of different things and I agree it's like well they're gonna do it and I like basketball enough and the NBA is a league that I can feel good about rooting for um, you know they have a commitment to social justice and uh, equity and okay I, I that's something I can root for that's something that I want to see happen more I don't feel bad about this, but I wouldn't be a concerned citizen if I went, guys, maybe. Maybe don't. <clears throat> maybe don't. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's the whole thing of like, you know, police, you know, I probably could equate this to police officers, but it's like, hey, maybe you don't need military grade weapons, you know? Maybe we don't need to do this right now. Maybe there's a, something else that needs more attention. Um, and it isn't the people that are screaming the loudest. Let's no. treat this like a first aid situation. 
if somebody you come upon come apart ah, come upon a car crash and you hear somebody screaming in the car as long as the car's not on fire you don't deal with them first you deal with the person not moving and not saying anything outside of the car first yep oh, no. there we go i just fixed the world everybody treat everything like first aid if you need something that no don't do that hey uh, you know it's like i i quote this more than more than i i rightly should but in frozen 2 just what anna says is just do the next right thing when you don't know what to do do the next right thing and I'm sorry. That's like some of the best. <laughs> that's the best advice I can give anyone right now. This from a Disney movie sequel. Yeah, it's uh. So uh, that reminded me, uh, and we can talk about whether or not this is true or not. Uh, I watched Hot Fuzz again the other day, which is just a delightful movie, real fun uh, one, and the whole thing of like. You ain't seen Bad Boys 2. And just how like Bad Boys 2 was like how they focused on that. And it's like, oh, the way that you said Frozen 2 just reminded me of that. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. Not the original. It's a sequel. sequel. The sequel, the sequel, which is actually like kind of anti-imperialist in a really interesting way that you don't expect from the largest media corporation on the planet. Oh, they didn't realize it. Um, oh, I mean, the, the artists did, but like, yeah, you know, Disney's Disney like, went, Frozen 2? Money. Yeah, let's, Money. Sell, let's sell some Elsa dolls, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and then some se- like sexy Elsa on a Cosware uh, on the back end under through like three different. I, I guarantee you that Disney gets a cut on all the sexy Cosware, cosplay wear. All of that is like the names of it the naming is hilariously like mm-hmm. like legally ambiguous like uh like snow queen like sexy snow queen outfit like sexy snow queen's sister outfit fit sexy reindeer oh wait <laughs> no um uh, it exists but anyways uh the covid-19 yeah uh, we probably shouldn't be playing basketball um i don't have anything else did you come up with anything else while we were talking i know i called an audible on the rules one but did anything else jump to mind no i mean there's the 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 closest i have is that we what we saw the i I saw some blazer game thing that was like oh yeah i forgot that was happening tonight because we had to reschedule but no that's all i got uh yeah i think that's that's all we have for for y'all tonight uh do have another podcast it's called the list movie podcast it's fun we watch weird movies and we talk about the weird movies and how weird they are and we uh we say the, the name gary Busey several times in every episode uh, do you stand in front of a mirror when you do it no no do not do that do not stand in front of a mirror <laughs> and say gary Busey has spent around three times it is um your, your teeth will grow into like giant pieces of gum it's very uh, terrifying no it's one of our uh, yeah one of our one of our like our, our rating mechanism is that like uh if, if a movie is like weird enough to get the gary Busey uh like bites your soul level of um of dis- disturbing whatever it's uh what movie did you guys most recently watch or um, let the- me rephrase let me rephrase <laughs> what Po- uh, what movie did you watch that there will be a podcast about coming out this week? Um, coming out concurrently with this podcast will be the the one we did for the platform, which is a Spanish uh, a Spanish horror sci fi film about uh, a prison ish thing where a descending platform of food goes down. It's a very very awkward uh, metaphor for inequality. Oh. Uh, talking about ham, we talked about ham-fisted stuff the other day. It sounds pretty ham-fisted. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> but it also it also has like uh, a guy with a katana. Um, it's you know whatever. It's great. It's good times. I love it. It's a Spanish film with a guy with a katana. <laughs> hey, you get to bring you get to bring one object from the outside world into the prison with you uh, of your choosing. 
I don't look, it doesn't make any sense. It's just like it's just bits. It's just bits. You know what we really need is some rope. There is no, I'm not even joking. Uh there's a dude with a rope. Uh that's uh Is he is it Sean Patrick Flannery? No, no, it is a very swole uh, looking African man. Uh oh, okay. pretty rad. Uh yeah, so no, that's that's all I got. Um uh, thank you for listening. Uh until next time, let's oh. go Blazers. Woo!